And welcome back to the Gutter Boys. This is episode four. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start off with uh, an interview uh, that I did with Davey K. Uh, Davey K is an illustrator and a comic artist based out of Chicago, originally from Cleveland. Uh, great guy, awesome artist. Uh, we'll get into that here in the podcast uh, interview. So uh, enjoy. And then once we get back from the break, uh, we'll talk about what, what you've been up to lately and uh, go on our you know aimless rants about uh, the current state of uh, the comic industry as a whole. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, and we're back. Uh, I'm with uh, Davy K, Davy Crofta. Uh, they are an illustrator, uh, comic artist, uh, puppeteer, puppet maker. Yeah, I, I think do that. Those are all, you know. Yeah. Uh, he he also lives in uh, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, mutual friends. I I, I want to say that we actually became mutual friends, or, or that we became friends or knew about each other out uh, before the mutual friends we just happen to have mutual friends more than anything else yeah i think so um i feel like i feel like i started following you on instagram and then i met you at uh i met you at like c2e2 yes yeah Um, i remember that and then and then we found out after that that we had a bunch of friends in common yeah i still have those pieces that we traded oh good yeah those are great i still love those they're they were they were they were fun i felt like such a little like uh little comic book baby coming up and being like uh could i give you this uh little teeny little painting that i did <laughs> <laughs> those are great paintings i love them i still do i mean they're great your work is great I and mean, we're gonna get into details to uh, about about that um so yeah so uh, i guess we, we should start off by <clears throat> uh, talking about uh how you got into comics um I know most, but prior to that, and that's a pretty recent thing, right? Like you only recently kind of got into comics through illustration, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So how did that come about? Uh, well, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I, I've always read comic books and stuff. Um, and then I think that I feel like it was like two things happening at the same time. One is that a lot of the stuff that I draw just kind of for my own, you know, for my own use and or whatever is like stuff that I, you know, when I'm just like doodling and things that I, they're satisfying there. Um, I end up with like, uh, you know, people being like, Oh, like, what's the story? Like, what are those? Like, what, are, what's going on here? Um, and a couple years, may this is actually a few years ago now. Um, I did a, I had a, um, an opening, uh, I like a gallery thing that had a, why am I, t- I don't know why I can't talk today. I'm sorry. Uh, so I had a, um, I had a show at this gallery called, um, called peanut, uh, peanut gallery. And I, um, like basically took a bunch of these characters that I had been drawing for a few years and kind of, um, tried to like do a little world building around them and kind of give them some context. Um, because my concept for the show is to kind of, basically um be making like fan art for um for this comic book that didn't really exist um Mm -hmm. but then i also kind of ended up at the end of the show you know i just was kind of in like this crazy like work mode and just like making a ton of stuff and like paintings and sculpture and weird little like um soft sculpture items and stuff and then 
also wanted to have like something tangible people could take with them. And so it ended up being this like little zine sort of thing with a, um, that kind of had like a loose story about who these people were, what these characters were. Cause there was a similar, like three characters that were kind of repeated, you know, over and over throughout the actual, like the gallery show. Um, and then I ended up writing like, uh, like maybe like, I don't know, like eight pages, maybe a little bit more than that of a comic book that kind of was like actually about like dealing with those characters called finders keepers. And, um, and it, you know, it, it was cool. It turned out all right. Um, I haven't really even shown it to anybody still. Uh, but I ended up kind of just like, it was my first time taking a stab at like making a, you know, making a, um, uh, did I ever show you that thing? I don't even know if it did anyway, but, uh, you, sh- I think you showed me like very early stuff. Yeah. I, I never really saw the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, um, yeah. So anyway, I just like, I ended up, I feel like I had decided that I was like too close to all that. And so I ended up, um, just, uh, starting to work on something that was just like a one-off. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was it. Uh, so between like you being very encouraging, which I still, you're always so super, super kind. So I really appreciate that. It's always like very, yeah, you're very encouraging. And, uh, and our mutual, our mutual friend, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Freiheit also was very encouraging too. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so between those two, um, uh, between you guys, it was basically just like two people who I respect and whose work I like a lot, just being like, yeah, you should like do more stuff. Um, and also simultaneously, this other um, comic book artist um, named Ed Luce, uh, you know Ed, Lu- you know Ed, Ed Luce. Um, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he was like also asking me, um, or he floated an idea like of like maybe uh, doing a comic book, um, like doing like a story and like a comic book that he was going to do where basically he would have other artists like write or draw like, you know, just like a, you know, a couple page, you know, a couple page story with some of his characters or whatever, sort of in a fantasy world. Um, and so I was kind of trying to, you know, uh, show that I could do that. Cause up until that point, I really hadn't done any, like any comic book stuff at all, any sort of story stuff. And, um, I still haven't done a ton honestly, but I'm, I'm, I'm still like, thinking about it and thinking about you know how i approached the first time i did it and so yeah i don't know but yeah i, I don't know that's a long-winded answer to say that you <laughs> you and mike sh- you and mike were very encouraging i had been meaning to do it i have a lot of friends who make comic books and i and everything that i make is very narrative so uh but then doesn't have any story behind it so i feel like it was a natural progression for them to just like become stories eventually um yeah but then again, I never ended up doing anything with those guys. I ended up just making a story that had no con- continuity to it at all. It was just like a one-off, you know, like just very short, kind of almost like an illustrated poem or something. Yeah, I mean, I think there's no right or wrong way uh, starting to get into comics, I think, or, or making comics. Uh, I think that's sort of the, the freedom of the medium, right, is that you can kind of uh, approach it any way you want at the end of the day as you know it, it, anybody that sits there and wants to define what a comic is explicitly in those in those like to put it in, in in any kind of box like that of saying oh it has to be this kind of narrative and it has to do this this and that like the, right. i wouldn't trust those people <laughs> you know like <clears throat> so i don't think i mean 
Also, I can't really speak on behalf of Mike, but I just want to apologize uh, to g- getting you into comics because it really is like the <laughs> dumbest fucking thing you can possibly do with your time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely like I definitely have been like flip flopping. Like I want to clean up and expand on some other stuff that I've already drawn with those other characters. And I always like I, I, I look at it and then I go like, oh, I could like do this other thing I meant to do. (laughs) Yeah. And I just kind of walk away from it for like another month. And so that's, and that's now, that's now why I'm like, you know, three (laughs) years on with, you know, those pages kind of sitting inked and inked and needing some good scan loving. And, you know, yeah, that's where I think that's part. That's definitely part of the process too, that I think uh, people that maybe don't make comics aren't aware of is exactly how much work, uh, is never actually seen or, or put into any use, right? Uh, right. I know people that have just stacks and stacks of pages that, I mean, you're looking at, I don't know, 80 to 100 hours worth of work, and it'll never see the light of day. Oh, either yeah. because Either because they didn't feel like it was successful in what they were trying to accomplish. Right. Uh, or they, you know, attempted to put, uh, pitch it to the publisher or what have you, and, and it just never got picked up, and they just kind of abandoned it. Yeah, I mean, um, it it's yeah, it's weird. I mean, I think like I get the, I mean, for me personally, like I get these sort of like grandiose ideas for what I want something to be, and then I initially like kind of like you know my. Uh, are you cussing on the show, by the way? Oh yeah, I mean I did earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, oh, okay. That's I missed yeah, it. Yeah. I missed it because it's so natural. Uh, my ass, <laughs> my asshole puckers at the uh, at the idea that I like. Sometimes like I'm like thinking of this thing and I'm like, oh my god, I wanted like to make this like tome that that you know. I think this is like the this is. I mean, the, I'm sure this is not like you know new new to people, but like I'm like you know kind of stoned thinking about like what I want to work on, you know, kind of just like trying to go to bed and, you know, and then I'm like, I'm like, man, I wish that this, like, I, I, I want this book. It's going to be everything. I'm going to make it. It's going to be 400 pages long yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, and I'm going to put it out and I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, it's going to be like Darger, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm not dead. Yeah. And people are going to be like, Oh my God, this, where have you been? Yeah. And you're, you're almost 40. Where have you been? Your life is nearly over. Like, you know, right. And you've got all this, you've got to make so much more stuff now. We love this, you know, but that's not what it was. Instead, it was me like writing, a, you know, 11 pages or something and inking them and then taking them to a friend and him being like, yeah, do you, did you have you ever read a comic book where you like kind of like need to put like space between some of this shit and like I like I can't read any of these things the letters are so smashed together and I was just like but it's stylish and cool yeah. and he's like yeah but you can't even see what the hell's going on yeah uh so yeah gutters and spot blacks was my was my biggest uh was my biggest critique on that first thing i drew was just like yeah i I can't see what's happening so i mean it takes a tremendous amount of self like uh, or just like a a large amount of ego to to be like i have this thing that no one has ever said or done you know and i need i need to commit it to paper and people need to witness this yeah. To really, and I mean, you know, you, I, I, maybe you're not as severe as I am about just absolutely hating my work or whatever and, and being self deprecating to the point of it being annoying, but, um, I, it's still, 
it's still like very much part of that process of like, uh, like who really needs to read this or see this? Why am I doing this? And uh, it just, does, I mean, it comes from a very selfish place, right? We're like, you, you need to, you need to uh, purge this thing from you through yeah. whatever medium you're using. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, yeah. Sorry, I mean, go do ahead. you think, do you, no, no, no. I was just going to say, do you feel like it's like, uh, like it's like, uh, something you're removing or like expressing or do you feel like it's like the act of doing it is like yes you know like that that and it's i mean it's clearly not i mean it's a it's a torturous thing uh in some ways but you do you know do you know what i mean i'm, I'm asking like um you keep say, <laughs> you keep saying like i gotta get this thing out yeah <laughs> like well i mean like yeah a, it's a it's yeah. a crazy person it's yes. like i need to do this says yes. me yeah, Says no, me. yeah, right, right, right. No, no one's actually dictating that. That's just on my own fruition or on my own free will. I'm just uh, doing it because what else would I be doing if I wasn't doing this thing, right? Um, I mean, that's very accurate for sure. Being like, I don't know what else I would be doing with myself. Not that I probably couldn't think of something. No, yeah, uh, I mean, else to do, but right, same, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But like, but. I, yeah, I, I did just recently, like, you know someone someone said or someone sent some you know fucking you know aspirational meme that said something along the lines of like basically like oh no no it wasn't it was actually like a quote from somebody like worthwhile but basically saying that like you know you're we're trying to you know make something tangible you know that you know and it's not about it's not about making it a you know it doesn't have to be amazing or whatever but it's just about this this urge that artists have to to make something tangible and to try to, you know, make a mark, you know, that's, that's indelible. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. It's really just about, right. you know, being like, okay, I'm going to die. So like, I want to make sure like I <laughs> yeah. left something interesting and I'm not going to make a movie. I, you know, whatever. I'm going to just like write this, write my thoughts down and do my little doodles or whatever. And hopefully some people remember it. And I, you know, I live a little longer that way or whatever. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, uh, trying to create something or commit something into the physical world so that you have something left over that could possibly point to the fact that you existed at one point, you know, decades <laughs> after you're gone and in right. the ground or whatever. And it's like right. the most, it's like the most futile attempt at trying to grasp on any straw, really uh, knowing that you're just slowly slipping into the void and there's really nothing that you're going to do that's going to be of any real merit or worth. And even if you did, uh, it, it, it takes so little for that to be gone and just complete poof gone. It doesn't really, it's like it never happened. <laughs> right. It's just like, that's it. Yeah. yeah Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but by that point I'll be dead enough that I won't care. I guess that's like the, that's the, that's the flip side of that coin. Right. Well, of course. I mean, that's, that's like the, like it's easy to say, Oh, like when I'm dead and gone, I won't care, but you're not dead and gone yet. So like while you're uh, chained to your flesh prison, yeah. you are still absolutely consumed by this overwhelming terror, knowing that, uh, you just have you just have to have something right to create. You need something right. uh, that, like you said, that mark. Otherwise, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Otherwise, that's it. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I mean, to, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? To your point about, you know, making your your comic and and being hyped on it and then 
realizing, okay, well, you know, you did X, Y, and Z and maybe it didn't work out or, you know, it wasn't, some parts weren't legible or didn't read or flow the way that you maybe wanted to. I mean, that's like part of the process, right? Like it just, it just so happens that with, with comics specifically, like that process is even more grueling. So the, the, the process of like learning from your mistakes just hurts a little bit more. Right. (laughs) Right. Cause it takes so much more effort to make those fuck ups. Well, too, I think, I mean, I think like, in I mean it really depends on like what you're doing but I feel like with I feel like with um with if you're doing something that's narrative you know you end up with a you end up with this you know you end up doing like maybe some world building and you're really like kind of diving in there and exploring that space and saying like what's here what's there like what are these people doing what are they into and then to make that commit that to paper um, sketch it, you know, do all these things, ink it, all this stuff, and then give it to someone and have them be like, you know, this sounds a lot like A, B, C, D. Um, you know, it doesn't, I don't, I don't know. You, you do put a lot of work into it and then you end up with something that's like maybe less than, less than this sort of, uh, the zenith of your creativity that maybe you <laughs> initially intended it to be. But, right. Yeah. And I, the, I mean, the, the, the funny thing, too, is like even if you did create something just on the off chance of it completely, totally kind of fulfilling what you had in your mind's eye, you'd still find a way to be unhappy about it. Oh, yes. And also you will have no control over how people react to it once right. you put it out in the world. I mean, that's like kind of I mean, the, I guess the, the upside of doing something that's narrative is that, you know, you you are leading people a little bit more than say like just like making just like a single piece of art you know that doesn't you know just kind of putting it out in the world and letting it exist you know there is something to be you know you have some sort of control over where the beginning is and the end is and that kind of stuff but ah geez yeah i don't know i (laughs) (laughs) i uh but i definitely i definitely the thing is is like say all that being said like when I think about it, it does excite me, the idea of doing that and the idea of people reading it and, you know, and hopefully enjoying it. And, you know, it's a, it is a way to connect with people. And when it goes well, you know, you know, at the end of the day, it is satisfying to have someone say, wow, like, I like this, you know, I like this thing that you made and, and it's, and it's cool. And, you know, but don't ask too many questions. Just ask. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, I don't actually want to have a really in-depth conversation with you about it. I'll save that for the other people who are making that stuff too. Right. Right. Yeah. And even, and even, I mean, uh, I found like initially when I, when I first started doing comics, I remember the first time someone came up to me and, and told me, uh, you know, they read the, the book that they got from me and that they really, really liked it and that they, you know, like a, them and a group of friends, like reread it a couple of times together. And, and that, you know, that really does kind of, uh, ever so slightly defrost my, my frozen and broken heart. But then now, like three or four years later, Somebody like tells me that their life has changed because of uh, a, a body of work I did. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Please don't talk to me anymore, though. <laughs> right. so, and it's so mean, but it's like I – at a certain point, you do kind of give in to this idea that uh, you are kind – you are a rat in the maze and you're just doing – you're just doing it for the sake of doing it now. And, and you're kind of going through these motions. And it is fulfilling. Otherwise, you know, you probably wouldn't do it anymore but uh the the how people feel about it or at least people that don't 
know that process or participate in it, you just kind of slowly tune that out, which is like kind of screwed up. I, Maybe. I mean, I mean, kind of. I ever mean, so for, slightly screwed up, but. I, I mean, I'm sorry. No, you finish what you're saying. No, 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 no. I, that was it. That was it. I, I was just going to say that, like, I, I, I mean, I, I think though, I think they're comic books i haven't gotten to that place yet with like some art making in general i feel like there are comments and things like that that i get from people that like you know i mean i in theory when we make things you know you know or whatever we're you know probably just sort of entertaining ourselves and you're sort of like you know this Mm -hmm. not like the way that you're supposed to be making things is like you're not supposed to be making it i mean you do have an audience in mind but then sort of like that just becomes like you're making a thing that you like and other people who also invariably you'll find people who like what you like. And so mm-hmm. they'll enjoy it too. Yeah. Um, and so that always translated for me into, I'm going to make art that like that my friends would enjoy um, and make it like, if my friends think it's cool, like, and I like my friends as well, then I will also think it's cool. And uh, I mean, that's not always the case, but but that's sort of how I approach stuff a lot of times is just being like, would my friends be like, whoa, this is cool? <laughs> yes. And, well, I mean, yeah, your, your key, you, the only audience really that holds any sort of sway over your output is you and the handful of weirdos that you, um, you know, actively give a shit about. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel, and I do, I still feel like that's the case. That being said, like it does feel good. It's very nice to say that to get to get those things to get p- things from people when you do get positive feedback. It's awesome, but it does, yeah, it does sort of feel like when you, you know, I don't know, you're always sort of just chasing that shit. You know, you're just like being like, I got to make this thing, and I made it, and then it's like, okay, now I got like to set up another thing, and you know. Um, and I got to try to get another project going or whatever. And there is kind of like a, yeah, I mean, it is sort of like an, it is a sort of obsessive, um, but like you're scratching an itch a little bit, but it'll just like never be, it'll never be, you know, fully, fully scratched. You just kind of, just gotta, you're just kind of getting at it. I mean, right. Well, I mean, in theory, that's the case, right? Like people who I think are actively creating some of the best work out there. Those are the people that are never going to settle, right? Like they're never going to be happy with whatever they recently released. They're constantly going to be producing things that's pushing themselves. And you hope as an artist that you do that too, because anybody that's willing to just look at their work and say, well, I'm done, I guess. Right. And just like settle with whatever. Um, those are the, those are the people that I really don't pay attention to, nor do I think they should, you know, actively have a patronage or something, but, uh, sure. Cause there's so many people like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I was going to say like, I feel like, I mean, as far as output and stuff that is concerned, you know, and I, you know, I, I feel like, um, like I talk to people and it's so, it's so different for so many people. Like, I mean, like I know that you personally, like I've seen that you, like you're working on a lot of things all at the same time. Um, and then you've got like, you know, I think of people like, um, like people that I used to work with on stuff, you know, they had this, uh, there's a couple, this dude, um, Danny Baxter, he's out in the world, Danny B. Mm -hmm. Um, he used to make this, Hey Danny. Hey Danny B. Shout out Danny B. Danny. (laughs) Um, and he, uh, he used to just make like, so he just, he just constantly was making things like he made comic books. He made little zines. 
you know, which you, you know, every drew everything and Xeroxed it and cut them up in these little tiny little square, like two inch by two inch books and stuff. And he would make dolls and things that match them. And, um, and he just was aggressively constantly making things all the time, you know? Um, and he had to have someone sort of like wrangle him into like being like, okay, if you're going to do this all the time and you're going to like try to live off of it, then you need to like set up a website. You got to do this. You got to do that. Like you've got to be, you know, sort of like get your stuff together. And, 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 you know, and then he became better at kind of doing that for himself. And, and so when I worked with him and, and some other friends of mine who also, you know, they constantly are doing that kind of thing too my level of output I thought was so, so, so like I was, it was, it was kind of nuts. And I tried to keep that up for many years when I came back or when I moved to, moved to, uh, Chicago and I was like, I, there's no fucking way I can do this. And then I, <laughs> and then I slowed down to a pace that for me, I felt like I was being very lazy, um, because I'd still had it in my head that this like very high paced, you know, output was like what was needed without really taking the time to like, like pay attention to like the quality of the things I was making. I was just like really just trying to like, and, and you know, it's like buckshot. If I like, you know, make a ton of stuff, there's going to be some good stuff in there. But you know, if I spent some time, it might be, it might be a little better, but I ended up, uh, I ended up, you know, I still have people being like, I can't believe how much shit you make and like how much you're doing. And you're always putting stuff out. And it's like, this isn't like, I'm, I feel like I'm not, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying this is like in a way where I'm like, like, uh, trying to like, you know, suck my own dick. I'm just saying like, I, I think that like, I'd be impressed I, if you could do that. I'm just saying, <laughs> oh don't Lord. downplay that. Don't oh, downplay that. Oh, sweet child. If you think I've never tried, then you are a fool. <laughs> uh, but, um, but I, but I, um, uh, yeah, but I mean like if I, if I don't, if I, I feel like when I take a look, I just feel like it's like individuals have different like drives about like what is satisfying for them in terms of their output. And then like sometimes like trying to align that with like your own, you know, your own actual mental health and and physical abilities and and your actual responsibilities to people that are outside of your, you know, little and, you know, our little internal, you know, fucking ecosystem or whatever, you kind of were like, Oh, okay. Other people are seeing this and saying like, wow, you actually are making quite a bit of stuff. Like maybe it's okay if you give yourself some slack and you know, whatever. But you know, then, then again, like you're saying, compare this to these people who have this obsessive need to draw. And I am just like, that's how you get that ability to be able to just kind of like, look at, look at a blank piece of paper, construct this like beautiful, you know, composition you know, that's just there. Um, you don't get to draw, you don't, you can't draw like that unless you are just constantly, you're just constantly drawing. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm always like somewhere in the middle of like being like, I'm making too much or I'm not making enough almost all the time. I, I agree. And it's like a, it's a balance that's really hard to find. Um, because you don't want to, Oh, you don't want to overwork yourself uh, I mean, I, I feel like we touched, um, we touched this, or touched on this earlier. It's like, um, not with you, sorry, but with me and Cam, uh, just about how there is an unhealthy culture, you know, with creatives in general. And, and it's just like, you're expected to constantly be creating constantly, always forever drawing or doing whatever it is that you do. Um, and if you're not, then you're just lazy. Right. Um, and you gotta, yeah, you have to find that, that, that middle ground where 
you're you are working at at a pace so that you're comfortable with it and you are being productive while simultaneously uh, maintaining a semblance of a human life. Do you do you think uh, do you think for yourself that you are um, that you have been striking that balance lately? Some some weeks, yes, and others, absolutely no. Yeah, but like <laughs> I, I would say it. Yeah, I mean, it's a week to week thing for me. Uh, I would say probably within the last year and a half, probably not so much. I mean, just across the board, if I were to average everything out, probably not. Right. <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, but I think that says more about me as a as a person and where I'm at than ha- than saying, you know, about like the, that creative process or what have you. I, I like I, I will maybe have a day or two to myself or at least try to have a day or two to myself where I'm maybe just not creating, but I do feel bad when I do that. And that's such a fucked up <laughs> it is, uh, attitude to have, it right? It's just up. not normal. Yeah, no, it's not. And I mean, it's not, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, so, so I've told you this story before. Um, this is my favorite like story about creativity. I feel like, um, or whatever. And it's not even mine. It's, it's, it's borrowed or whatever from someone whose work I like a lot um, is uh, Lisa Hannawal. I told you this whole thing, right? Before. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I mean, go ahead and repeat it. She, yeah. So yeah. she did a TED Talk like a few years ago, um, maybe like three or four years ago. And this is like right when a lot of stuff for her was like kind of like really popping off, I feel like. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, she's arguably probably more like doing even more like stuff that's in the public eye now than she was, but like right when like things were like really like blowing up for her within a couple of years of that. And she basically was talking about anxiety and, um, and, and being a creative and, you know, being an illustrator and making comic books and stuff and how, you know, she gets, uh, you know, how she has kind of come to grips with slash cut herself some slack about the fact that part of her creative process is this sort of like, um, you know, what at the time seems like an endless chasm, you know, of, uh, of, of like, you know, so I, I used to have this thing for me personally, where I would say like, you know, I firmly believe that like there would be a, there would be points where like my ability to draw and create just like left the building and I would never, I would just like, that's it. I can't make anything anymore. Like it's gone. Um, and I'm bummed cause I wish that I could. And Lisa Hannawalt describes having a very similar experience where she'll sort of just like, like go through like weeks at a time where like everything she makes, she hates and, you know, um, and she just can't make anything. And she just kind of like basically just, and she put up a drawing of herself just kind of laying like this, like, like someone had just dropped a mop on the floor, uh, or their hair everywhere and everything. And, and she basically talks about how like that is part of her process, um, And it's not like things that go on for a long time. She's clearly, and she says that like the biggest thing is you just have to kind of continue to push through that kind of shit. Um, and, and do that working through your walls. Yeah. Right. But just like her saying this idea that like, you have to understand that like this whole, these weird like waves that you have, you know, that you come to, they're not always the same width and depth or whatever, but like, they do come and you get these peaks and valleys and where, you know, you are, you're making stuff and every, and you're like, you're in a groove and it's great or whatever. And you go into these sort of fallow, you know, things where it's just like, you just feel like, you know, garbage about the shit that you make or whatever. And, and not to like, 
and to under like to understand and trust that that is a necessary part of what you do and how you make things and sort of like ride that out and not and like give yourself the space to like not be great at it for like a minute and like to sort of like you know take this as they come and sort of relax and not you know have your get foot in the gas the whole time um yeah definitely and i don't know how often i really hold to that probably not often but i try to hold that in the back of my head i i tell that story often enough or like sort of relay that you know idea often enough to people that i feel like maybe i'm just saying it so i can remind myself of that but because i am definitely in the middle of a period like that right now where i'm just kind of like i've got a bajillion things that are brewing and i don't know when they're gonna come to fruition and i'm hoping that i kind of they it'll just kind of like line up once I, yeah. you know, put my foot in it, which is kind of how it goes. You just kind of just, you know, take a step in and then, you know, you'll get there eventually. Yeah. And if you need, a, if you need, you know, however long you need to just really kind of walk away from it, you know, and give it, give yourself some space Yeah, and, you know, maybe return to it with new eyes, uh, that, that might change it just enough so that you do have, you reinvigorate that, that process. Right. Uh, but you know, yeah, like you said, it's different from you know from person to person how they work, and you know some people are slower, some people are faster, yada yada yada. You can't really compare yourself to another uh, artist that way. That's just not healthy, and or or, or produ- it's not productive either. No, so not. yeah, I mean, we all have to kind of work through it our own way, and hopefully have some sort of support system there to kind of remind you that uh, it's okay to not constantly be uh, posting. Uh, you know your work or right uh constantly just um uh, you know uh, highlighting the fact or signaling to others that you are struggling or in pain or (laughs) you know like it's it's not a healthy thing right you know i mean i and i say that as someone that you know has done it and probably still continues to do it to to a degree but sure you know i've definitely in in the last like i don't know four or five months i've been less active in that way yeah me too um, yeah it's just like why and you know there's no real point in just uh breaking your mind right uh, for the sake of of this illusion that you are uh you know uh, uh, i don't know that it, you are this like master artist or whatever and like you're giving yeah people that like, i am a professional i need to be taken seriously uh, yada, yada, yeah. And I, I mean, need to, that's... I need to put proof of my ability on the internet all the time at a regular basis at a certain time. And hopefully with the kind of time that gets a lot of views, clicks, likes, and shares. Right. And for really no tangible reason, I mean, it's the illusion of progress and the illusion of success, but, uh, like, I mean, it's for what, right. I mean, it's shown time and time again that those, those things don't matter. There's no, no relationship between likes and, you know, those clicks to uh, how much you're making hourly or whatever uh, right. for your craft. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. So basically just uh, give up is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say that a thing that I do um, when I am in a sort of like in this like fallow, especially for like drawing is I will make that's when I work on things that are like physical objects, like more like yeah. sculpture stuff. So I'll, I'll go back and forth between the two and that way I still feel like I'm making stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not, but I'm not like, but you have other outlets. Burnout. Yeah. Right. So I try to sort of do the two and that way I'm 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting into this, like, you know, this rhythm of still being creative, but allowing parts of the way that I make things to kind of relax and not have to like be so, you know, do things that are more, that come a little bit more, uh, a little bit more intuitively and not worry about stuff that's like, you know, being like, okay, why is this here? And why does this shape like this? And how are they posed and blah, 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 you know? Right. And, you know, I mean, this might come off as hyperbole, but I'm pretty sure that anybody that only does comics 24 seven is severely deranged. Yeah. I mean, it's as a person, (laughs) like there's some, there's something missing in their brain. Yeah. (laughs) Or they're just a broken person and then there's no hope or uh, you know, like uh, you have to have some kind of moment where you can do something else with your time, so you don't feel like you're driving yourself insane. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think right now of like people that I know, and I feel like a lot of them do come up with projects where they're still drawing, but they're doing things that aren't necessarily yeah. a comic. You know, right, 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 yeah. and that way they're still or they're painting or they're you know, and it's not narrative or you know, maybe they're doing something where they're, yeah, there's like lots of ways that people can approach that and not, and, and still feel creative, but not necessarily have to feel like they have to like, um, <clears throat> tap that, you know, that, that, uh, that thing. Yeah. I mean, you have a variety of things that you do other than comics. In fact, comics is, I, mean, I, I wouldn't say comics is your main thing that you do. It's, it's just one of the many uh, things in your wheelhouse. Yeah. I mean, I definitely do a lot of, um, yeah, I mean, I went to, I, I've always drawn and then I went to school for, for fiber and material studies. And then I ended up kind of making like, uh, dolls and, and puppets and things. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm still doing that. Uh, but now I've been more, more making things that are more like static. Um, because even though I enjoyed making puppets and I do like to perform, uh, it's a lot of work and it's a totally different kind of work where you have to, um, yeah, I don't know. It's still like, it's still presenting something to an audience, but, um, you know, not that comic book artists have like, there is something to be said where you could, you could, in theory, you could put a comic book out in front of somebody who doesn't know you and, um, and they don't have to know that you made it like, you know what I mean? Whereas like if you're yeah. performing in front of somebody, like they know that this is something that you like you did, you did, th- right. you did this to me. Right. <laughs> I'm yeah. in the audience well, <laughs> and I had to deal with your shit. <laughs> yeah. And it, well, but it's also like how the audience like takes in that information or experiences that like with a comic, it's really up to the reader, right? They can flip through it and they can kind of just glance through the pages and that's it. Somebody can really sit down and digest every single panel and every single page. Right. Right. Or, or, or read it, but be done with it in like under, you know, under 10 minutes. Right. Uh, for something that took far too long <laughs> to, to create. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, like making making static sculptures versus something that you are actively having to perform in that moment is really what the audience is experiencing. The The puppet is just an element right. to that. It's not, you know, it's not the full experience, really. It's just a, it's just like one of the many tools or, uh, uh you know, whatever. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I just feel like I whenever I. Yeah, I I think I got a little bit. um yeah, I think performing in front of people was fun, but it was very stressful and stressful to like stressful. I real I feel like I was more down on myself than I've ever been for things that I've created and been more disappointed in a way that just like was not satisfying to me. Whereas like mm-hmm. I feel like 
I had a greater sense of control over things that I make sort of on my own and then kind of put out there when they're at a point where I like them. Um, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing as a, as a puppet, a puppeteer either. Um, you know, I've just, I just was making things and then, you know, they would either do really well or they would do really poorly or they would just kind of be whatever. And, you know, I didn't get any feedback and they were just kind of there and it wasn't satisfying. It didn't feel good. And it felt like it was a lot of work for, you know, a very gamble of a return. Um, so yeah, just, um, it was fun and, uh, and stuff. I mean, I'm still, I, I'm not saying I'm never going to do it again. I'm just saying that like, it's not a priority for me whatsoever at this point. I've just also, yeah. also the other thing is, um, because my background is more sculpture than anything else. Um, and that's sort of the way that I see these things that I'm making. Um, they yeah. end up being like, not very good in terms of being puppets. Like, uh, puppets are, you know, they seem very, you know, cute and stuff from the outside, but like, I mean, those things that you see is like Muppets are, um, they're finely crafted, you know, uh, like objects that have been, you know, they are the way that they are and they look the way that they do for a very specific reason. And there's parts of them that are kind of like you, they're non-negotiable in terms of like a puppet. So they, so like, and that's so that they can be used in a certain way and they don't stress the puppeteer's arm out or like there and you know you can mm-hmm. hold your hand in a more natural position or you know whatever and i was making these things that were just like a nightmare to 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 try to operate <laughs> and right cuz you're almost you're almost reverse engineering these things because a lot of those puppets uh there's there is a lot of engineering going on behind like so you, there's so much that the viewer doesn't see right. in that 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 took far more time than just the external kind right. of you know uh, uh, artifice right. of the puppet and then you end up with something that's just like yeah and that's the way it's for me I was always just making stuff that I would be like okay what does this thing look like and like okay like tr- trying to get better about being like okay design the object around what it's supposed to do uh, but then you know ending up with something that's like okay it does this one thing this puppet only does one thing it doesn't it can move its mouth and like that's it um, you know as opposed to these other ones where like it's, there's a lot of versatility, but anyway, yeah, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying no, but I'm just saying it's a, it's a nice, the, the puppet, the puppetry stuff. Yeah. So basically I'm just like making paintings, doing, uh, doing sculptures and then, uh, and then switching back and forth between that and trying to figure out, uh, world building for stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, that sounds great. It sounds like you're, you're doing it. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, and you you can suck your own dick, or at least you're trying. So there's hey, we there's all have that. to have goals um, in life, and you know, it's okay. We do. I mean, the, uh, to be honest, that sounds way more satisfying than than making <laughs> comics. Trying actively trying to suck your own dick sounds far more satisfying and fulfilling. <laughs> I mean, um, I think that that's like it's like, <laughs> and it's maybe actually the, yeah, maybe the saddest. It's thing. Like, uh, making yes. comics, yes. <laughs> Yes. Sucking dick, no. That That's actually, like, far, far more, like, uh, yep. respectable. I'm going to post, as a, I'm gonna post as a it thing. first thing on Instagram as soon as I do it. I'm going to let you. <laughs> it's just you leaned over yep. <laughs> with your dick in your mouth and your yep. thumbs up. Balls to lips, <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> your entire face is just hidden because it's, like, yep. balls and I'm going to be like, I'm going to be <laughs> like, laugh. you guys. Did it, guys. I did it. <laughs> like, a floating, like, you know, a floating... Uh, yay for me or whatever like cry crying laughing uh emoji just like floating over it and yeah 
This is going on my stories, guys, uh, and you guys can check it out there. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be really cool. Do it for the yeah, do it for the do content, for the man. That's all for it is, gram, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to plug um, before we wrap up? Um, or while yeah, we wrap I don't up? know. Um, Where can people uh, find you? Can you can find me that? on Instagram. I'm at DavyK81 uh, um, on Instagram. That's where I'm most active most of the time. Uh, after all that shit talking yeah so it's dave with a y d-a-v-e-y k the letter k yep and then 81 so 81 uh at at uh at instagram or whatever the fuck uh and then um yeah and then i don't know i don't really have a ton going on the only thing i was gonna say is um uh you should check out um uh I was working on a project called Channel 2020 uh, for a little while, um, and that's uh, slowly coming coming out into the world, uh, and it'll be released soon. But it's a lizard, it's a lizard video project that I made six years ago. It's been six years in the making, and it finally came to the saw the light of day. And uh, and God yeah. bless, it's it's glorious. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm hoping to see more of that. But yeah, if you just go to channel2020.tv uh you can see like clips and uh teaser trailers for the show and it's very real possibility that'll come out in 2020 i'm pretty sure that when he sent the plan the release date plan that the last or some of the later episodes absolutely are coming out in 2020 that's great so (laughs) that's so good (laughs) he didn't do it on purpose but his no yeah his depression was like you know what this is a sick idea i'm gonna keep you (laughs) fucked up and wild for six years and then when you come out of your depression haze you're gonna realize that i did this for us both it worked out in the end right it sure did uh and you're still are you still teaching classes for um puppetry and making puppets yeah, I am doing that. Uh, I do uh, stuff through Rough House. I'm teaching uh, like uh, soft sculpture and puppetry, or or, um, or soft sculpture and puppet puppet making classes uh, through Rough House Theater. Uh, is there like a website that that people can go to if they want to participate or uh, sign up or what have you? If they look for Rough House Theater on uh, on Facebook or on just like Google it, you'll find it. And there's information about classes and things there. I don't do it on a schedule. They kind of just like it's kind of like I do it in this. It seems like I'm just doing it in the spring, like in the summer. Like I'll do like maybe two or three classes. But if you sign up for if you find them on Facebook, they are ag- very aggressive about letting people know when they're doing classes and stuff. So they kind of do it between projects, like whenever they're like in kind of like a season between uh between like a show or something they'll uh they'll 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 do a bunch of classes and stuff and so they'll normally you know tap tap me in and have me do something great all right cool yeah. well yeah uh thank you so much for uh coming on to uh the our little show here thanks man <laughs> thank you for having me i really I've, i'm very honored no you're not don't lie to me like that no come on right. man i love it <laughs> Each week, 
at White Castle. I don't know about you, Cam, but I was uh, looking at some comic news that wasn't um, new Avengers movie, yada yada, or whatever. Um, this new comic I just recently came across uh, looks like it is a pretty thorough historical recounting of the uh, Antifa movement, uh, specifically starting at its very early roots um, in uh, fascist Italy um, in the early 20s and kind of going through the Spanish Revolution into um, Hitler's uh, regime in Germany, and then going up through the 80s in Germany up to today in the recent clashes with the alt-right and the contemporary Antifa movement. Um, For those of you that are clutching your pearls at the very sound of the word Antifa, um, good. Go fuck yourself. Uh (laughs) I don't know how else to sugarcoat that. because you're listening to two, uh, uh, some, t- some two pretty leftist dudes. Uh, at least I, I, I am. I don't know. I don't want to talk on, on Cam's behalf, but... Um, no, I'm rolling with you. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, so the, it was interesting. I was a little skeptical initially, um, but, you know, going through some of the pages of art and um, looking at the interview with the, the writer, uh, Gord Hill, uh, it looks pretty interesting. It, it looks like they do try to be as you know as straightforward as possible just about the history of the whole thing if you're a uh i don't know like a world history buff in any kind of way this would probably be something you'd be into i know i kind of am specifically with any sort of you know grassroots movement that is in any way shape or form anti-fascist or uh, anti-state so that's pretty cool to see um so yeah this is something that i might actually pick up and read because i just don't read anymore and uh, yeah i'm trying to break out of that um, cause the last thing I want to do after working on stuff is, is read, which is, which sucks. That really sucks. Um, I know Cam, you still read, read, yeah, I know for sure you read way more than I do. Um, oh yeah, I, I read all the time. So do you just not read because you're working on comics and you're just kind of burned out of, from looking at them or yeah. is it just, yeah, mostly, okay. mostly, yeah. I mean, any free time that I do have, I usually kind of spend it on doing something far more passive than reading. Uh, mm-hmm. So it'll be something like, I don't know, watching wrestling or a movie. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, it sucks and I, I do want to read more. And really the only things that I do read will be, you know, stuff that my friends release and will, you know, will trade or whatever. And, and uh, it sucks because really the only times I'll <laughs> really get to read it is the moment they hand it to me and then I'll actually just sit down and start reading it. So yeah, I guess I do most of my reading at conventions now and like Zine Fest, which is weird. Um, I'm going to try and change that though. I, I, I want to get back into reading just in general. I have a stack of books that I want to get back into. Um, I also have a short list of books that I want to go and pick up. A lot of nonfiction stuff, not necessarily all comics. Uh, that's what I'm up to. What about you, Cam? What have you been doing? I know you've been kind of in, a, in the process of moving, which um, even though I don't actively read as much as I used to, that doesn't change the fact that I still have a growing pile of comics. And I know moving with those uh, fucking sucks. So... Uh, how's that move been treating you? Yeah, um, I'm just now to the point where 
were like almost fully unpacked, but moving's like the worst thing in the world. And I'm not the only person that thinks that. I mean, everybody knows that moving sucks. All your friends stop answering the phone when it's time to move. Not that I called anybody because I hate to help my friends move anyway. So I would never ask somebody to do that for me. Um, but, uh, no, yeah, it, it really fucking sucks. I have, uh, I had around like 20 boxes of like just books to move. And then the fucking like, comic boxes i had like 15 of those and uh they're not they're not light so um i'm actually in the process of downsizing that though i'm gonna get rid of a lot of stuff um probably not like the actual like books but like a lot of the floppies that i have um i need to downsize anyway so i'm actually gonna go through those here i have the rest of the week off work and uh gonna go through and make a trip to the comic store where i can sell them for pennies on the dollar just to get rid of them (laughs) yeah yeah for sure (laughs) You pay, uh, you know, three, four bucks for it. And the moment you buy it, it's worth 25 cents. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, if, just... I'm, I'm sure there's like piles and piles of like early 2000s floppies that are just wasting away, just collecting as much dust as possible that will never see the light of day until like 30 years where they finally will be worth a nickel each. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I'm sure that some like movies going to get made that some minor first appearance was in one of those books and everybody's going to look for it. And all these comic stores are going to be like, I'm really glad that I have 9,000 copies of, uh, you know, X-Men adventures, number 16 from November, 2003, whatever the fuck it is. That person showed up. No, I, uh, it is really cool though. Like, uh, I personally kind of like the way books look almost like a decoration. Um, not as a decoration, but I mean, like, me personally, if I go to somebody's house, like if they have a bookshelf, I'm always scanning it to see what they're into. Oh yeah, for I, sure. Yeah, I know it's kind of creepy, but you know I can't help it. Um, no, I'm the I'm the same way. I, anytime I go over to somebody's house and I haven't been there before, and if they do have a book, uh, sorry, a bookshelf, it's pretty standard. To I mean, I don't think that's out of the ordinary. I think any person that is like self aware and reads will do that. I mean, it's the same way with like movies, right? Like if they have a blu-ray or dvd or vhs collection or whatever you're going to browse that if you you know actively are into that stuff so yeah i don't don't think that's that's crazy i i definitely think it's kind of good to uh stake it out (laughs) and see if you can fuck with this person you know um you know uh there's that like i feel like it's like one of those like meme things but uh I don't even, I want to say John Waters is the one that's attributed to saying it, but like that whole fucking meme that like basic people share where it's like, if you go to somebody's house and they don't have books, don't fuck them. Oh (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) also, I mean, that Um, that actually held a little more true before like everything got digitized too. Yeah. It's like, you gotta just keep a Kindle on the nightstand. It's like, nah, read. It's (laughs) all on there. (laughs) Right. I mean that, that, you know, actually that's interesting that we touch on that because um sort of the in terms of print media and the the disappearance of the object mm-hmm. as a whole in in kind of how we consume media right comics is really the only thing that hasn't fully made that that switch from being you know a physical object to completely digital if anything there's been an absolute resistance towards it and i think that's pretty interesting right yeah i'm never ever going to go digital yeah i don't I don't, I don't really. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I mean, why do you think that is? Um, well, because I mean, I know that like I've seen digital comics and I know they have like the reader to where it's almost weird. Like you don't see the whole page, like you see the panel and the reader you'll hit like next and it zips to like another part of the panel. And have you seen these that I'm 
like have you experienced this what i'm talking about yeah yeah and i i think there was uh, so weird there was a couple of apps well one in particular that kind of fell apart quickly uh i don't i don't really remember all the details but uh there was an app that tried to kind of reinvent how we consume you know digital comics and it was this kind of uh what is it like a vertical platform with to kind of utilize the 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 phone better in terms of how we would look and read comics or read comics and and um it was an interesting idea it was almost like if you were to transfer that into a physical object like a print media thing then it would basically be a long ongoing strip that goes from uh, top to bottom you know instead of being read right and uh, you well, know page to page or whatever and i mean to me you know you said on your phone like i can't even imagine reading a comic on a phone like uh, uh i actually Patrick uh, Rooks is doing this uh, book right now, or I think it's done. It's called like Celery Stalks at Midnight. And he yeah. sent me a copy of the of his site where it was like actually uploaded there. And I messaged him back. I was like, yo, I know I'm going to see you at these shows this summer. I said, don't take this personally. I'm not going to read this. I go, I'm just more of a print guy. And I felt like kind of like an asshole, but he understood. And he was just like, no, you just got to get the work out. And I totally understand that because, yeah. you know, I'm kind of being stubborn by not going digital in some ways. I think like the fact that I'm so opposed to it because me personally, like I just don't want to read anything digital. Um, you know, I'll read like news articles and stuff, but as far as comics, like it's almost insulting to have to look at it on a small device. And then the fact that you're doing the whole thing where you just navigate from panel to panel, like I can't see this whole page, like the artist intended me to, because, you know, you think about like panel layout, that's part of what, like, you know, you work around as an artist. So, for you to condense that into forcing me into looking at just like a close up of one panel and then you just jump like I can't see it all at once. It's just it's mind boggling that anyone would read like that. Well, I think that this new app, when they signed, uh, you know, a bunch of creators to make these new books for this, you know, brand new platform, uh, the focus was making it so that the art was meant to be presented that way so when you when you are kind of like scrolling down reading the the comic or i guess scrolling up whatever um the art kind of just flows that way and so from a artist standpoint you would know that and have to plan accordingly well and you know it's funny that you mentioned that because uh blake is working on that web comic right now that gonad book mm-hmm. and he drew the first issue is like pages and then he found out how the app was going to work after he started drawing it so he had to go and photoshop and like crop a lot of the drawings and like see that cut sucks and paste yeah i mean but to make it fit the format because he wasn't aware of it so it's crazy yeah i've so i know what you mean as far as like well that's shitty that the publisher or whatever didn't even let him know that that was the case but but yeah i don't know, I, I don't know the backstory to it i just know that uh yeah he had to go and rework it um I mean, if he didn't know, if he went that far into making the book and he didn't know, then that to me speaks to they just didn't tell him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he made a mistake, but I find it hard to believe that Blake would have just completely, you know, <laughs> overlooked that major detail because that would basically dictate how the art would look right 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 now the second issue that he's doing right now or second part i think it's a part um he's Mm -hmm. he's working within the confinements of how it's gonna be presented um and the first one he actually you wouldn't even be able to you wouldn't you couldn't tell 
if you didn't know and he wasn't showing us like the whole pages at first in our group chat um yeah. so like you know if you look at it you wouldn't even know that it was condensed but um yeah i know that he was having to reformat the entire thing do you put your stuff up digitally like on comiXology or anything like that i did with uh brain buster the you know rest in peace the book i did um with um another artist james dufresne yeah 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 i was drawing it and, and writing it but you were drawing that too right well or me no? and james kind of shared okay, art duties okay. i did one issue he did the other issue and then i got you know halfway maybe three quarters of uh the third issue and you know some personal stuff happened and it's just i have never gone back to it and probably never will which uh sorry james mm-hmm. if you're listening to this that's on me um and it I feel bad about that. And also, I mean, we did have a digital publisher. It wasn't like we weren't really seeing it wasn't a money making thing, you know, but it still sucks uh, for for them because they Mm -hmm. need that content for this pretty new, you know, uh, digital publisher that they have. Um, So I don't know. Yeah, I've done the digital route. It sucked because, you know, when when I started working with them, they were basically like, yeah, don't do don't do full spreads. Because because of the way the digital comic, you know, format, um, they have to be kind of just page by page by page. Um, and that sucked because I kind of I really had in my head mm-hmm. I wanted to do these like really crazy, uh, you know, double page spreads that would be, you know, super kinetic and wild. And and, you know, I tried to. When I you know, started working on it. I had to rework some things and kind of fit it so that it would be just single pages. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, putting restrictions like that can be positive, you know, cause I feel like the more restrictions you place on some things, sometimes that can, that can lead to good things mm-hmm. for some people. But at the same time, it's, it's pretty irritating, especially, especially when you have ideas in your head going in and, and then you just kind of have to you know, change them or drop them. So I understand it, you know, Blake being frustrated doing that, that sucks. Um, and I, I, again, I think that tells more to the fact that the, the transition from the physical medium to digital for comics has not been a smooth road because really no one has yet figured out how to do that. I mean, how long has comicsology been around uh-huh. and what is the readership like? I mean, it, it, it's not, it's negligible. It has to be negligible. Otherwise, well, the- I know a guy that I work with. That's actually how I do so much reading is because at my work where I where I work anyways, um, in my downtime, I don't have anything to do. So they let us read or dick off on the Internet. So that's where I get a lot of my comic reading done. But there's a guy that I work with that exclusively reads digitally. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was just like, well, you know, he's like, it doesn't take up space. And. On Comixology, they always have like entire runs of stuff on sale for like eight bucks. Mm-hmm. So he prefers to read that way and he'll show me stuff, but it's like that fucking like zoom in moving panel. It almost looks like a PowerPoint presentation as opposed to like reading a comic. And I'm just, I just can't fuck with it. Yeah. But, um, and that's a definitely a preference thing. And, you know, we are so, again, I think that all just points to the transition not being handled well. Right, and I, right. And, and well, you printed Brain Buster too, though, didn't you? So did you do two different, two different versions or? No, I mean, it's what you see in the book is what the digital version looked like, basically, because it was, okay, okay. yeah, because it was like CBR format, nothing, you know, nothing. They weren't trying to reinvent the, how, how you read digital comics. It was just, mm-hmm. it was more than anything, just a, a way to distribute it to places like Comixology or Amazon or, you know, whatever. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I think the major issue is that 
I understand why some people would resist it. I think it's important that we we as creators kind of welcome that kind of change, but I have yet to see anyone really do it in a uh, in a way that that is uh, you know I don't know sufficient like in terms of platforms and distribution and like pay and whatnot. Like nobody's really figured it out. I honestly think that uh, that there's there could be maybe like some sort of subscription format. Where you pay a flat fee per month and you get access to unlimited, you know, digital comics. Because I think, I mean, honestly, digital is the way to get more and more readers into it, especially newer, newer readers. I mean, the readers that you already have, they're they're spoken for. You don't have to worry about them. They're not going anywhere, right? Right, right. But it's the new well, readers I think that Marvel, yeah. Well, isn't Marvel doing that Marvel Unlimited thing where you can go back? Like, it's not like new stuff. I think it's stuff that's like a year, like all the old stuff's on there. And then, uh, but it is like what you were describing. It's like a monthly fee and it's like all you can read comics, but it's only Marvel. It's not the new stuff though. I think it's like, yeah, I mean, if it's that, been out for like a year or more, it goes on there. That, but, but to I mean, me, to, the, to, to their credit, and this is one of the few times I'll give them any credit, um, it's that that. That format isn't really that different from any other way we consume digital media because you got to think, okay, how many subscription services are are there for movies and TV shows? Right, you know, right. There's, you know, a ton of them. I mean, it's it's kind of dumb that you now – and this is what happened after, you know, cable fell through basically is like all these companies basically just uh, trying to reassess how they can continue making money. And one of those ways is just divvying up all these programs and shows and whatnot and just just content in general and making it so that the user base has to, like, uh, subscribe to five, six, seven different services. So they're paying, you know, five dollars here, ten dollars here, fifteen dollars there. But that that adds up and it's not a practical method to or a practical model, rather. But uh, that's I can't point that to just being a comics problem. You know, that's something right. that's no, something that just has to be just... sorted out across the board in general. My main concern with comics is that nobody's really figured out to way, uh, figured out a way for readers to uh, to, I don't know, consume comics the same way we consume or experience comics in print form. And that's like a really difficult thing to get to. It's not the same as like with digital books, because you're just, you know, you look at one of those like uh, those uh digital book reader things and it's like i mean shit my game boy had <laughs> more involved images than than those things so well, and i don't know i mean i just think it's it's one of those things that like if you want to work digitally that's fine i'm not going to hate on anybody reading digitally but um it's not for me and like i'm going to sound like that get off my lawn type guy right now but um you know we should just throw the whole thing in the trash we should just be print media only i think comics is one of the only things that needs to stay print i, mean, I would i would agree if it only wasn't for the fact that if we if the comic industry as a whole and this is this goes for every publisher across the board regardless of what kind of content they're creating whether it be superheroes mm. or you know indie small press alternative books whatever doesn't matter what I'm saying is it's like if we don't adapt in any sort of meaningful way uh, the readership is just going to continue dwindling because it already is dwindling that's fair I mean, yeah that's sales fair are the lowest they've been in in years at mm -hmm. this point. And at that Meanwhile, number, the properties are the hottest for some reason. Well, but, I mean, you know. yeah, because you can adapt something into a TV show or a movie and you can consume those. You can go buy a Blu-ray or a DVD or whatever, mm -hmm. or you can you, or you can stream it and rent it online. Again, I think it's just that nobody's really figured out that transition yet. And I think that's right. going to be the key thing. But also like um, 
where the money's at, there's very little incentive for them to do that. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a tricky thing. I think it really is something that has to be discussed further with not just creators, but like you know people on the on the on the back end and kind of figuring out how do we deliver this this content to people in in a way that could catch on and makes that transition easier or at least more palatable right to the readership while also still sustaining the creator's end and like you know creating something that's um i don't know uh something that will give writers and artists alike a living wage um it's a tricky thing and it's definitely not something that <laughs> we're going to figure out uh here on this uh uh silly little podcast about about comics <laughs> but it, it is an interesting interesting subject and i know it's going to be coming up again in in the future and we'll we'll absolutely oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i mean later down the road i would love if we do get just digital only people on here and we can really kind of hash out you know the the the, the differences why they chose me- digital or or whatever that format versus physical media or print media and, and, you know, those types of decisions. Everybody has a reason just, for that, but, you know. I'll just end up talking so much shit to them, I'll get canceled. I'll be like, you guys just need to go back to print. Yeah, again, no, I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> no, 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 I mean, you're, you're right, though. Like, you know, I don't, again, I think people like us love the print media. We love the object. Yeah, yeah. You know, that experience of opening the book and flipping through the pages and, you know, looking at the CMYK process and whatnot on the paper, as dumb as that sounds, there's something about that that is so tied to comics, right? Yeah. I mean, I just and think it's, I mean, that, that's why we that's, do it, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. That's why. And uh, well, it's, it's, it's something that's so inherently tied back to our experiences to, to the, to the medium when we were growing up. Right. And you're, and that's another thing I was about to say, you know, this new generation, they grew up on Tumblr and what was Tumblr? I mean, it wasn't live journal it was before Tumblr. Um, I don't, there's just like a lot. And a lot of these, uh, comic readers now, are you know, they're reading all this manga online that's translated through these websites. So, I mean, there are some people out there that only have ever known consuming, you know, through digital means. Oh, yeah. So it would be kind of interesting to hear the perspective, you know? Yeah. And I've done um, both. I've done both. I mean, you know, I, I grew up, with um you know a, a very small well bulky computer that only let you play putt putt golf and it was just like the most basic thing you could possibly imagine and now we have you know uh smartphones that are really more far more advanced than any full-sized computer that you saw 10 years ago uh again i think it's it's something that uh We'll probably come back to again. I don't know. I just think, yeah, yeah, I just think that you can have both, right? You can have your print media and your object, right? And, and, and this, this thing that kind of is tied very much to nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, if you look at now how we consume music and movies, right? Uh, As soon as everything started moving way, way more into the digital arena, that's when yeah, the vinyl makes it come back. Cassettes, and, vinyl with movies, it's yeah, VHS, right, right. Uh, Blu-ray packages, special editions with like, uh, you know, gatefold art and stuff like that, that are like really, really thought out for the consumer who, who mm-hmm. do want that object because they are tied nostalgia. You know, there is that nostalgia with the physical medium. Um, I think 
if we just continue staying with that with comics, uh, the medium is going to be dead in like (laughs) three generations, right? Like it's just going to be this very, it's already niche to begin with. We're going to make it even more niche to the point where it's just like so far alienating and so far removed from any sort of mass consumption that it's not a sustainable thing for anybody to make a living on. It already isn't, and it's just going to be worse. I, yeah, I was going to say uh, it's really hard to make a living. But off there are people of now are that. But there are people are, and I'm, what I'm saying is right, that right, if it right. continues down this road, there will be nobody. I think not even not even the top dogs are going to be making money. Is what I'm well, saying. Well, yeah, I, I mean the the movies will keep them afloat, but you know how long till that well dries up? I think we're starting to see the beginning of those wells starting to dry up. Honestly. Um, but, you know, yeah, but uh, like, again, I don't even think that's sustainable because you look at sales for comics whenever a movie comes around and they maybe peak a little bit like the the you know, the the meter will just move just a tiny nudge. OK, mm-hmm. and it'll almost always be stuff that was printed 20 years ago right and that's where the source material is And there's a lot of you know inconsistencies you know we were kind of talking before we started recording about this you know with you know who's at fault there is it the publisher for not making the movies line up with what's going on in the books currently is it the you know the fact that they're relaunching the books all the time well it shouldn't be their job to to do that with the comic like here's the thing like i am not interested in seeing an adaptation that adheres strictly to the source material, because why would you do that when you can just go read the source material? No, right. But I mean, I guess what I'm saying for an example, like, um, let's just use Iron Man. You know, if you don't read comics and you go see an Avengers movie, you're just like, you know, Joe Schmo from the street. Uh, you go into a comic store and fucking, you know, Iron Man is dead, but his image and consciousness is a holographic image, but he can't be in the suit because he's not a real person, but his AI controls it. Like, it's just so convoluted and stupid in the comics that, you know, you go to the comic store and you're looking for Tony Stark and you've got to go through this long spiel that is a three, you know, three year in process storyline. I'm not saying that, you know, writers and artists shouldn't have creative direction to be able to take those books where they want them to. But I think that a lot of the fault there is at the publisher for not, I don't know. I think that they could do more as far as making comics more accessible to your standard reader. Um, as far as the big two, you know, independent comics, image comics, they can do whatever the fuck they want. Cause that's kind of what they've always done. But as far as like revitalizing the comics industry, I think that lies on DC and Marvel shoulders because, you know, that's what gets people into the comic store. And well, they're the biggest, they're the biggest ones. They're the, the top dogs. They're making the most money. It's, you know, right. I mean, cause what, what person, it doesn't matter like, you know, how into independent comics you are, what person didn't get their start reading comics from a book from Marvel or DC. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there is a person, but you know, that's everybody's gateway drug. That's the pot of the comics world. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just that some um, people don't move past that and they just kind of stick around there with most people. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if, you're, yeah, yeah. if you're into comics, yeah. Most yeah. people. But then also, I mean, like um, when I grew up, I was reading like mad magazine for the most part. Yeah. Um, but I mean, did you, when you were reading Mad, like now I can look at Mad Magazine. Um, I mean, I was a kid and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Like I thought it was funny, but I mean, um, the only- and the art was amazing. Exactly. But were you processing, like, did anything at, in Mad, because our generation, you were, I was born in 89, when were you born? 80, 88, 89? Uh, 86. 86. Okay. So when you were reading Mad, like, and, you know, I could be horribly mistaken here, but I don't really think that there was like anybody like 
besides the spy versus spy stuff, none of that stuff really stood out to me from like this. Now I'll look back at older issues now as an adult and, you know, I appreciate some of that older stuff, but that stuff in the nineties, it was just really crude drawings of, uh, you know, whatever was going on pop culture wise, like at the movies at that point in time. Um, did anything stand out to you in those that you recall? I remember really liking the spy versus spy stuff, but yeah, um, I, Oh, is that your dog? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say like on my end, um, when I was reading mad, the well first off it was the jokes obviously mm-hmm. but then secondly was the style of art uh you know that like there was a particular kind of uh i forget the name of the artist i'm kind of putting myself on the spot here but um the, i mean really what grabbed me was the two different styles of art that i think of when i think of mad it mm-hmm. was this sort of very classical uh, caricature type style. Yeah, like the grotesque, overgrown, like, uh, you know, facial features and stuff like that. Yeah, and I remember yeah, just yeah. admiring those drawings because, like, it would just be simple things. I was, you know, I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11, mm-hmm. and I would just admire how, how those artists drew hands because it would be, like, so just, ah, uh, there were, like, little nuances to every, every, uh, every knuckle. You know, and, and every, every, um, every bend of the skin, it was just like so well done. And I mean, I was a weird kid clearly, but (laughs) I just remember staring at those drawings being like, this is like amazing. This is like gorgeous, gorgeous work, line work. And, and then the other end would be like these, uh, I don't know how else to describe it other than like, um, maybe this was more cracked now that I'm thinking back, Mm -hmm. but the art style that you would see in cracked magazines would be stuff similar to like, um, garbage pail kids just like over the top really gross out stuff it'd be like these really detailed uh gouache paintings Mm -hmm. of like these these grotesque characters that reminds me you know in retrospect now a lot of the a lot of the uh uh stylized stuff that you saw coming out of the 50s and 60s um where it's just like you know like every zit was defined and they'd have like these garish teeth and oh, like there'd yeah, be yeah. something, you know, yeah, just like, and, and I just remember reading, looking at those and, and being just so like in, enthralled by those images. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, you, I know cracked and well, cracked not so much anymore. I think they're more now like a clickbait website. Yeah. I know they have a network too, like a free streaming channel that has movies on it. Um, yeah. Hey, which, and good on them for adapting. Good on yeah, them. Right. Right. Um, um, I yeah, would say mad, mad still prints, right? Mad. You they can go just to brought the magazine back. Well, they relaunched the magazine. I don't know if it went out for a while, but I know that it was, they relaunched it number one again recently. Yeah. I mean, they'd been around for a while yeah. know, when I was a kid. And I remember one thing that did stand out when I would uh, read those books what, or was the fact that the pages were newsprint. And even at that age, I knew like that was, that was a clear indicator of like cost cutting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was like, yeah. uh, I was into punk, you know, so like maximum rock and roll would always be on fucking newsprint and, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, a punk planet was on like a kind of a newsprint for a while, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, definitely. I haven't, um, yeah, at that time when I was reading Mad, um, you know, as a kid, because I was reading Mad when I was like four or five, so I wasn't processing the art on a level that I would, you know, later on. Um, I didn't really start appreciating the craft until I was probably about 10 or 11, which, you know, 
sad to say that's just remember that's the first you know time i remember looking at uh some comics and being like oh okay this is like why i like this and actually paying attention to the little details um but no yeah i need to go check out some of those issues of mag i used to read it all the time because it would like at the grocery store you'd have mad disney adventures nickelodeon magazine and uh some archie books those were like and and you know what here's the thing if there was some sort of uh online archive or digital mm-hmm. subscription thing and i could go back and look at all those back issues that i remember as a kid uh i'd do it but i don't think that that's a thing really and i mean i'm sure there's like cbr like rips um maybe in like forms mm-hmm. you know but not not in any kind of official capacity that would be um a revenue source for anyone and uh, that's that's weird Right. Like that's kind of a strange thing. Um, Like the fact that you can go back on like Hulu right now and watch some like short lived TV show that only had a season run. Right. Right. Like 94. But I can't go back and have it. And again, I could be wrong. I'm sure I am. But that to me, that's just weird that offhand that that's not a thing to me. I don't know. No. And you're absolutely right. With something like mad, you know, the archives an institution, you know, that was a. You know, I had I've recently found this uh, New Yorker book at a half price books for five dollars, and it's like every New Yorker cartoon. Um, now, the cool thing with it is, is it was released, I guess, in like oh eight or oh seven or something. So it comes with a CD ROM that had every New Yorker cartoon ever made mm-hmm. on the CD, and the book's like a thousand pages. Yeah, but you know, nobody has fucking disk drives on their computers anymore. So, but I mean, that's the closest I can think of to a magazine like archiving their stuff digitally yeah yeah and uh, again i think i think it's just something that it people do try to address like i you know brought up that one app that that one platform that did kind of try to reinvent the wheel and figure out how to make this accessible by approaching it in a different way mm-hmm. but uh that ended up falling apart again i don't really know the full backstory i can go and ask around i know i know a couple people that did have some books through them but yeah, I don't know, man. If if comics as a whole doesn't really adapt like that, and you, again, you can have both. It doesn't. I think that's what the one thing that maybe some people don't get is that you can you can still have your print media and your digital stuff. But if you if you don't try to welcome the digital end of it, and and I don't know, just like humor, you know, uh, uh, possible. Uh, you know, outlets for that. I don't, I don't know. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's feasible, uh, in the grand scheme of things for a lot of people. Like <laughs> it's, it's a pretty, the, the, it, yeah, we're just going to go in the way of the dinosaurs basically. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just something that that's been something that's been bothering me for a while now is just looking at digital versus print and being like, well, you know, like, how are we still having this conversation? You know, this should have been addressed years ago by now. And I don't think it'll be addressed and solved anytime soon. And I think it's a sad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, with the, you brought up how completely awkward it would be for you or not feasible for you on your end on a personal level to consume comics using your phone. Right. Like, and I get that too. I'm the same way. I'm not, uh, you know, I get it. I totally get that. But Man, how many people would be reading those books 
if there was a way for them to do that. And I know there's, you know, Comixology has pretty much been what, like the main front runner for that, right? In mm-hmm. terms of like, when you think digital comics, you think Comixology. That's right. the name that you think of. And I don't know, like someone was telling me that you had to pay as much for the physical copy just to get the digital version. Oh, 100%. And, and my, that's that's insane. Yeah, like it's not even a dollar cheaper. There is no production. There's production costs for your artists and writers, but, you know, there's no production cost for the actual good Yeah. at that point. And it's the same fucking price, which is another reason why I haven't jumped ship. Because if I'm going to pay 3 or $4 for something, I'm going to hold it in my hand if I can get the same exact, you know, thing for that same exact price. Like, it blows yeah. my mind that there's yeah. no discount. Like, if there was a discount, I, I would understand digital comics. I would understand I if a comic was $1.99 digitally or three ninety nine on the shelves. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not on the business end of things, so I can't, or, you know, I'm not on the back end in terms of like developing apps or all that nonsense. Like, so I, my input in that is going to be very surface level. Sure. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, same. Yes. Yeah, you know, but uh, there has to be like this, uh, people have to be talking about this. I know they are. So like where, I don't know. It, it's, a, well, it's something that we'll return to again. So, you know, we'll just put it, we'll just put a pin in it, but it's definitely something, um, that I it's just been bothering me for a while now, because um, you know m- music is music in a way has for the most part adapted to that change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially on the smaller level, and I think that's really where the most problem is coming from. It's coming from the idea of how can we make this? How can we? How can we de- democratize this so that the changes go from the bottom up rather than waiting around for Marvel or DC to fix the problem for us? Because Which, if, if, if they fix it, it's going to be the best there. And it's going to be with their interest, you know, at the forefront if they fix it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be on their terms. And, uh, I, I mean, we already see where that's going. And it's going to be on Diamond's terms, too. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I want to say Diamond, I don't think they get any kind of piece of the pie on a digital comic, which is probably... Good. Fuck them. You know, well, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm sure they would find some kind of digital platform to be on at some point I mean, in time I th- but uh, yeah i mean again and this is something that we'll talk about again later but you know diamond is such an archaic business model or they use such right. an archaic business model and i can see why they don't want to change that because it works in their interest exactly so yeah, yeah i that i wouldn't even like yeah if it happens if this if if real change happens in terms of how we access and consume comics it's really going to have to come from uh, the bottom, uh, from people that are really making it on the ground floor. And I mean, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's that, uh, wild to suggest that that can happen when you have, uh, uh, people able to develop like apps and stuff on their own free will or or on their own time, you know, without giant corporations assisting them and whatnot. Like it's, it's plausible. It can happen. Um, and hell, maybe while we're talking right now, somebody's doing that. So, hey, <laughs> that's probably the most optimistic I'll be for, for the remainder of this, uh, this podcast. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, sorry, we're, we're kind of running on time here. So, yeah. So listeners, um, 
how do you feel about digital comics? We have an email address set up now, so feel free to shoot us a line over at gutterboyspodcast at gmail.com. Any comments, questions, or concerns, uh, probably read your email on the air and, you know, let's get that jumping. How do you feel about that? Yeah, we need the content. So just, you know, send us whatever incendiaries thing you have to say so that we can read it on air and, and, and uh, make fun of you. <laughs> We're also on Twitter at, uh, at gutterboyspod because podcast was too long. And also, yeah. um, <laughs> just want to give a quick shout out to Buster Moody. All the music that you hear on the show uh, is from Buster, talented cartoonist and musician. Yeah, his stuff is really great. He's been uh, producing a lot of great beats and stuff. So, you know, if, you're, if you've been into the music, please check out their work. It's great. They also have a new book in the works right now. Uh, so... You can take a look at that on their Instagram and their Twitter. Twitter is uh, Buster Moody, and their Instagram is B Moody with uh, two zeros instead of O's, I believe. So uh, yeah, check them out. They're also B Moody on SoundCloud uh, with just regular O's. So B Moody on SoundCloud and uh, give them a listen too, because I got a bunch of other stuff that we uh, will probably use later down the road. Because um, you know why not? And you know, hey, if we start making money from this, um, that'll be a way for us to, to pay him back because uh, he should he's got a he's got a second kid on the way so come on guys come on um, and also that reminds me um, if if things keep moving in the way that they have I know this is only episode three but damn um, y'all have been very supportive and we really appreciate that so we will uh, maybe set up a patreon or something like that have some uh, bonus material maybe even some more uh, comic stuff uh, I don't know we haven't really planned that out we haven't really thought that through yet because uh, that is not exactly something that I thought would be a plausible thing. But uh, I don't know. Who, who knows? We'll see. We'll see where this leads to, right? Um, but yeah, I just want to thank everybody that's listening to this right now. And so, um, yeah, until next time, uh, we will uh, catch you in episode four. All right. Bye. Bye.